The following shear has been presented by Dayan Yehoinesen David Hul, Dayan for the Bey Savad in Yerushalayim, and is brought to you by the Bey Savad Halacha Center. Baba Kama, Perik Yud, Daf Kuf Yud Chesomad Aleph. The Gemara says, Itma, Monili Biyodcha, Vahala Oimeh, Eini Yodea. Someone says, Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me money, a hundred dollars. And Shimon says, I don't know. Rafun of Rabbi Yudah Amri Chayev, Ram Nachman, Rabbi Yudah Amri Potter. Rafun of Rabbi Yudah Amri Chayev, Bori Vashemo, Bori Odif. If Reuben is Bori, he gives a claim which is definite. He's sure of himself. And Shimon is Shemo, he's unsure, he doesn't know. Bori Vashemo, Bori Odif. However, Ram Nachman and Rabbi Yudah say, we leave the money where it is. Since the money is at the moment by Shimon, and Shimon says, I don't know, we cannot force Shimon to pay money which he doesn't admit to. In other words, according to Reb Nachman and Yochanan, and the Halachis like them, although it's true that Bori Vashem or Bori Odif, that if someone has a, va- a definite claim, and the person opposite him is a Sophic, is in doubt, then the, the definite claim is stronger. However, it's not strong enough to be moitimomim, to take out money from the muksuk, from the one who holds the money at the moment. In order to take money out of someone who's a muksuk, we need something stronger. We need to aid him, two witnesses, or a star, or a document. But just a claim that you owe me money, if Shimon says, I'm not sure, doesn't have to pay. From the Hemshech of the Gomorrah, it's clear that there's a difference between Eini Yodeya Nishayavti and Eini Yodeya Imperaticho. If Reuven says to Shimon, I lent you a hundred dollars, you owe me the money. And Shimon says, I'm not sure, he could be saying one of two things. If he says, I'm not sure if I ever borrowed the money, I don't know if I'm ever obliged to pay you any money because I might not even have borrowed it. Then, he's Potter. Ain Yedin is he's Potter, according to Rav Nachman and Rabbi Yochanan, because he doesn't know if there's even a start to the claim of Reuven. However, between himself and his creator, he has an obligation to pay up. Since he's in doubt, perhaps he actually owes the money. And the person opposite him is making a definite claim and saying, I'm sure that you owe me the money. But in Bezdin, we cannot force him to pay. However, if Shimon says, If Shimon says, I remember that there was a loan. I definitely borrowed the money from you, but I don't remember if I paid it back. Then, even according to Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Yechon, Shimon has to pay. Since he admits there was definite choif, he definitely owed the money. He can't remember whether the money has been paid back or not. Then he has an obligation to pay if Reuven says, I know for sure that you never paid me back the money. And that's our locha. Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me money, and Shimon says, ain't you dare? If he says, ain't you dare, I don't know if there was ever such a choiv, such an obligation, then he doesn't have to pay in Bezdin, although there's a chirot sisideh shemaim. However, if he says, ain't you dare, there was a definite choiv, I don't remember if I paid it up, then he has to pay up. Bezdin will force him to pay. An interesting shayla arose in the times of the Taz. Reuven lent money to Shimon, and when the appointed time came, Shimon gave the money back. Let's say it was a loan for $1,000, and he gave back $1,000. $1,000 bills. 
The next day, Reuven came to Shimon and said to him, one of the hundred dollar bills that you gave me yesterday as payment for the loan was in fact a forgery. I took it to a money changer and he confirmed that it's a forgery. So in fact, you've only paid me back nine hundred dollars, you still owe me another hundred dollars. And I have no doubt in my mind, because I didn't have any other money in my pocket, that's the only money that I have, is the money you gave me yesterday, and there's no question about it, that $100 bill is a forgery. Says Shimon, I don't know. Yesterday, to the best of my knowledge, I gave you a $100 bill, which was valid. I gave you $1,000 bills, which were all valid. As far as I know, the loan was paid off. Now you're telling me that one of them was a forgery. I have no way of knowing. I can't examine it now. Even if you were to pull it out and show it to me, for all I know, that was money that was by you, and it wasn't the money which I gave you yesterday. So here we have a very interesting case. Reuben says, you definitely owe me still $100. And Shimon says, I don't know. I can't prove one way or the other. I've got no way of knowing if the, one I, if the, the $100 I gave you yesterday was forged or was genuine. So to what do we compare this? Is this a case of any adem neschayafti? I don't know if I owe you money because I don't know if there's a loan bechal. Or any adem pratich, I'm not sure if I paid it to you back. Interestingly, the Maharaj Dam has exactly the same shayla, and the Shach and Simon Reish Lam and Beis quotes the Maharaj Dam as saying, that this is a case of Enyadeya in Pratiho. Ruben says, I lent you a thousand dollars, you only gave me back nine hundred, you still owe me a hundred. And Shimon says, I gave you back nine hundred for sure, and the extra hundred I don't know, because I don't know if it was a forgery or not. So in effect, Shimon is saying, Enyadeya in Pratiho, I don't know if I paid you back the money. In that case, he's still obliged to pay the final hundred dollars, because he doesn't know. So says the Shach in the name of the Marashtam, and the Shach said, Poshatu, there's no question that that is the Halacha. However, the Taz, when presented with exactly the same Shaila, ruled differently. The Taz says that this is a case of any day Nishayavti. And the the explanation of the Taz is as follows. Since there was a definite Pirol, there was a definite payment as far as we know, as far as Shimon knows, he paid up the loan. And only the next day, the suffix, the doubt was created when Reuben suddenly discovered that there's a forged note, according to Reuben's words. Shimon doesn't know about it, and Shimon now has a doubt. But Shimon only has a doubt after he'd already paid up the loan. So there is what we call a cheskes piron. As far as we know, there was a payment of the loan here. Only after the payment of the loan was there suddenly a doubt in Shimon's mind that maybe one of them was a forgery, since Reuven now claims it was a forgery. In that case, Shimon can say, as far as I'm concerned, the loan was paid. Now there's a new doubt whether I still owe you $100. That's already a case of any day Nishayafti. I don't know if now I have to pay you a new amount of $100. So says the Taz. And the Taz proves it from a couple of cases. We'll bring one of them. The Rambam says in Hilchus Mechira that if someone pays for something and afterwards the shopkeeper says to him, this coin you paid me is a forgery or it's lacking in its value, then if the purchaser recognizes that that's the coin that he gave, then he has to accept it back and repay it with a genuine coin. Says the Taz, that implies that only if the purchaser recognizes it's the coin that he gave is he obliged to pay another coin. 
However, if he's in any doubt, he doesn't have to pay. And it must be, says the Taz, because since he paid up, as far as he's concerned, that's the end of the debt. Any doubts which arise afterwards is a question of a new debt. Has any day mischayati and not any day pratiho? So passes the Taz. What can we say to answer the Shach? The proof from the Ramam seems to be a valid proof. Says the Urim Batumim in Simon Ein Hay, and so says the Chubas Ponimairus in Simon Samach, that even the Shach would agree that in a case where someone buys something and pays immediately for it, that that's as if the payment has ended and the Chayv has ended. Why? Because when someone lends someone money, and tells him to pay it back afterwards. There is now an obligation on him to pay. And then afterwards, when he claims he's paid, he's now trying to get rid of his obligation to pay, his khayyab to pay. And then, if there's any doubt, says the shaykh, we can say, in your day in pratiho, and you'd have to pay. But all that is only when there's an existing debt he lent me money, and afterwards I have to come and get rid of the existing debt by paying up. However, in the case where someone buys something, at the same time as you give over the object which he's buying, he gives you the money. So at no time, says the Tumim and the Pongmius, is there actually a debt on anybody to pay anything. It's an exchange of money for goods. There's no obligation on anybody to pay at any stage that we can say afterwards that since there's an obligation, until you're sure that you've done your obligation, you are you, in your day in Pratik and you have to pay. If when you purchase something, even the Shah would agree that if there's a doubt afterwards whether the payment was paid with forged money, even the Shah would agree that that's in your day in this Chayavti. Because there was no actual obligation on anybody at any time to pay. It was an exchange of money for goods. So this is the Tum in the Polymeris. It's a bit schwer because if you look carefully at the case of the Shah, the Shach is quoting the Marashtam, and the Marashtam's case seems to be exactly such a case. A case of someone who paid for something at the same time as he bought it, and afterwards, the Moicher, the seller, says that the money was forged. So, in fact, it seems that the Shach and the Ponomirus were talking about exactly the same case as the Rambam, and they still say it's a case of Enya Yadeh in Praticho, and not a case of Enya Yadeh in Ischayavti. so says the Tumim, and so says the Ponomirus. So, we have a Machlokas, Shach and Taz. Now, the Turim says that some people wanted to prove, for, wanted to bring a rise to the task from what Tosas and Gittin. Tosas and Gittin in Ayn Ches talks about a mal ben Shimon owes money to Reuben, and Reuben says, throw me the money. And he says, if the money lands nearer to me, you're going to be potter, you don't have to pay anymore. If the money lands nearer to you, then it's not considered as though you've paid me yet. Says the, says the Gemara there, if the money lands in the middle, mechsa, mechsa, it lands in the middle, then yachloku. Shimon has to pay back half the money and no more than that. So Tosfus in his Havamina understood that we're dealing here with a Sophic. It lands it in the middle somewhere and we don't know if it landed nearer to the Malve, in which case there is no more debt, or it landed nearer to the Lave, in which case he still owes the money. Says Tosfus, <coughs> since it's a Sophic, whether it landed nearer to one, from, landed nearer to the Malve or nearer to the Lave, we shouldn't say Yachloku, we shouldn't say you should split it, we should say We should say that we don't, since we have a Sophic, then Shimon doesn't have to pay, because in general, whenever you have a doubt whether someone has to pay, you have to prove that he owes the money. Since we can't prove it here, So ask Pesvus in his Havamina. Said the Tumim, 
Why does Tosfos say that if it's a case of a doubt, we should say, Surely here we're talking about a pre-existing debt. And in case of a doubt, Shimon would have to say, If the money landed in the middle, I don't know if I've done my obligation, carried it out and paid you the money, or not. It's always chayef. So how can Tosfos say in this other manner that if it's a question of a sophic, we would say, Shimon wouldn't have to pay anything. It must be, he suggests the Tumim, that this is a case like the Taz. There was a pre-existing debt, but there was an action of payment. Shimon actually threw the money. So there is a cheskis piron here. There is some type of payment here. Now the only question is, we don't know afterwards if the money landed nearer to one or nearer to the other. So in that case, that's already not a case of any adem praticho. That's already a case of any adem ischayafti. That's a new doubt which has come up after the money has already been paid. So says the Tumim, a possible riot to the Taz. And the Tumim says afterwards it might not necessarily be a riot because there, even the Malva, the person who asked for the money and, and lent it originally asking, and he's asking for it today, he's also a Sophic because he doesn't know where the money landed. So it's not exactly comparable to the case of the Taz. But if not for that, if the Malva was telling Borea that I know it was nearer to you and therefore you still owe me the money and the Lover's not sure, it would be exactly the same case as the Taz. So says the Tumim. It's not at all comparable to the case of the Taz. In the case of the Taz, the man paid $1,000, and the next day, the, the mouth that came along and said, you still owe me $100. So in the case of the Taz, there was a definite Piran, and the Sophic only came afterwards. Here, there's not even a definite Piran. There's only a Sophic Piran in the first place. We don't know if Bechlali gave him any money, because the Sophic arose at the time when the doubtful payment was made. The Sophic didn't arise afterwards, it rises at the time of the payment, when he threw the money, if it landed nearer to one and nearer to the other. Surely, everyone would agree that any day, that's a case of any day in Pratiko. I don't know whether I've excised my obligation. The Taz only talked about a case where you've already paid all the money, and afterwards the topic arose whether some of the money was forged or not. So asked the Ksos on the Tumim. It seems to be, Lechora, that the Ksos on the Tumim have a slightly different understanding in why the Taz said this is a case of any Demis Chayafti. The Ksos understands the Taz is only talking about when you paid all the money and then afterwards a doubt arose whether some of the money was forged or not. That is already a case of the old Chayv has gone and a new doubt has arise, has arisen, arisen and that's a case of any Demis Emnis Chayafti. However, the Tumim seems to understand the Taz was saying slightly, something slightly different. Why is every case of any yadeh in Pratiha a person obliged to pay? Surely, the answer is that since there was a pre-existing debt, there is a cheskes chiyuv, we have a chazoka that you owe money, until you can prove otherwise, we'll go with the same chazoka and we'll assume you still owe the money. So if you're in doubt whether you still owe the money, there's any yadeh in Pratiha and you'd have to pay. However, the minute there's a rare saying that cheskes chiyuv, the minute we're unsure whether the Cheskes Chiv has been carried out or not, and it could be you've actually paid, then already there is no Cheskes Chiv. There's a reza. Someone who just says, I don't remember where I, whether I paid or not, he has a Cheskes Chiv. Till now we knew he was obliged, and we have no reason to say otherwise, other than he can't remember. But if he says, I have a good reason to say otherwise, I paid up a half thousand dollars already, and therefore... It could be that there was a forged note there, but there's a good reason to say that I did pay. Already there is no cheskes chiyuv. You're no longer definitely obliged to pay. And that's why the Taz says, that's not enyadem pratiqa, that's already enyadem ischayabdi. If that's the explanation in the Taz, then the Tum is correct. The same thing would apply when you throw 
the money and it lands somewhere in the middle. There was a cheskes chiv till now, but from today there is no cheskes chiv. We can't say for sure that you still owe the money because we have good reason to believe that there's a doubt whether you paid the money or not. If you just said, I don't remember, so there's n- the cheskes chiv still applies and there's no reason not to assume you still owe it. But if we say, we, we know why you don't know if you paid the money, because you threw the money in, there's a genuine doubt here, it could be you've already paid. Then there's already no cheskes chiv and then we come back to the old halacha of amoti mechavero olafaraya. What would be a practical difference between the approach of the Tumim and the approach of the Ketos? The a practical difference would be what would be if it was the other way around. Shimon wasn't repaying a loan, but Shimon actually borrowed money from Reuven. In the stage where Shimon already borrowed money from Reuven, and he put it in his pocket, and afterwards he discovered that one of the notes that he borrowed was a forgery. Uh, if he says for sure, I know that this is the money I got from Reuven, and this is a definite forgery, then there's nothing to talk about. Everyone agrees he doesn't have to pay, because now he's a bori. He's not a sophic, he's a bori. I know that I'm not obliged more than $900, because I know for sure that I only borrowed $900 and not 1000 because the extra $100 was a forgery. But if Shimon's not sure, he mixed up the money with his other money, and now he found a $100 forgery. So he comes over to Reuben and he says, I borrowed money from you yesterday, but I'm not sure if I borrowed a thousand. It could be I only borrowed nine hundred. So now, according to the Shach, it's a regular case of any day is Khayafti. We don't know if I've been paid or not. If I, if I, if I borrowed any money or not. So I don't have to pay you nine hundred. According to the Taz, it would depend. If we learn, like the Ketosh understands in the Taz, that the reason why the Taz says when the when Shimon is the borrower and, g- and gave back the money, that, the, that there's, there's a cheskes piron when he paid, and there's only a new sophic afterwards, and that's only a day in Mishayapti. And here we would say the opposite. We would say there was a cheskes halvor. Reuven definitely gave a thousand dollars, as far as we know. Afterwards, there was this era sophic that maybe there really wasn't. That's already something new. We still have the old chov enyadeya in pratiha, and according to the shach, in this case, Shimon would have to pay back the whole thousand dollars. However, if the explanation in the Taz is not like the Ketos, but rather the explanation in the Taz is as we explained that the Urim of Tumim understands, that, the, that soon, the reason why the Taz says in the case where Shimon is the borrower and he returned the money, and the Sophic arose afterwards, is because there's no more Cheskes Chiruv as soon as some type of action has been done which indicates a payment. In that case, once there's no Cheskes Chiruv, we're left with a regular case of someone asks someone else for money, boy v'shemo, and we leave the money where it is, and that's why Shimon doesn't have to pay extra money, then the same thing would apply when Shimon borrows the money from Rufin. He's not sure whether he's borrowed the more than $900, and, there, and there's no cheskes piron here, or there's no, no, no reyes in the cheskes chiv, on the contrary. In order to oblige him, we have to have a cheskes chiv. There never was a cheskes chiv here, because he only borrowed, what possibly only borrowed $900. The X $100 he may never have borrowed. So in that case, the Taz, according to the Tumim, would surely agree that Shimon is not obliged to pay back more than $900. Halacha la what is the halacha between, the, in this maflokus between the Shach and the Taz? Many poskim seem to hold like the shach. However, the Oroch HaShulchan says 
that is to him it's more mistaba to learn like the Taz that if Shimon borrowed a thousand dollars and paid back a thousand dollars and afterwards Reuven claims that one hundred dollars was forgery and Shimon says I don't know then it's more mistaba to say like the Taz that Shimon doesn't have to pay back any more money however he says since there are many Zayanim who pass like the Shach and since there is a, a, a serious doubt here how to Paskin, he would recommend that the Dayanim do a Peshorah in such a case, make a compromise between the two parties in such a case. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultation, Service, Educational Seminars or Media, please call one 485 Vaad. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the